This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Life Beats podcast. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Assalamu alaikum, hello and welcome to Life Beats with me Sally Musa. Now, often our identity and self-worth comes from our role as parents, but it can be a problem if you are not ready for your kids to go out into the real world and do what they need to do. In fact, uh, studies show that kids of parents who hover excessively over them might be more anxious, they might be more vulnerable and closed-minded than kids who are given more freedom and responsibility. It's time to talk letting go when it comes to your kids, whether they are still little making their first steps into kindergarten or they're on the brink of adulthood. We find out why it is so hard to do and how to manage those major life transitions with Dr. Catherine Frogley, clinical psychologist at Lighthouse Arabia. That's next here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. It's that moment when you see your kids walking into kindergarten for the first time or that moment when they're moving out and moving into adulthood. Maybe it's that moment even when they become teenagers and they're doing things without you. It's an exciting time for your kids as they become more independent. But the changes can often be incredibly difficult for us parents to talk us through that most necessary process of letting go. I'm excited to welcome into the studio for the first time, Dr. Mm -hmm. Catherine Frogley. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. So good to have you uh, with us. You know, um, I I was uh, saying to you earlier that this uh, topic very much came out of a discussion we were having with uh, Dr. Sheet Alkini, mm-hmm. uh, one of your colleagues who comes here for the monthly relationships masterclass. Absolutely. And it was a completely unrelated topic. It was uh, all about uh, couples who live apart. And uh, towards the end of the show, we started uh, talking about those couples who, you know, when you have um, a child who's moving out, going into university, they need to go to a different city, perhaps. Mm-hmm. And one of the parents, usually the mom, has to go with them. And uh, some people, some parents, they might live there for some time. Yeah. You know, with that child who's actually an adult mm-hmm. or becoming an adult. Mm-hmm. Um, and do you really need to be there for your kids? Yeah. She said no. <laughs> <laughs> the whole thing should really take you a month. Um, She said, it's more about us, Mm. the parents. Mm -hmm. It's about you. You're the one who needs to be there more than your child needs you. Absolutely. Yeah. And and I feel like that happens at that stage in in life when they're going off to college. But it also happens in various other phases and stages of that child's life. So, you know, when you move from, you know, them going into nursery for the first time or them going into school for the first time, there's that letting go, that anxiety that we have as parents um, that really, you know, feels really difficult in those moments. And also in the teenage years when they're kind of spending more time with their friends Mm. or, you know, they're they're taking that natural separation from you. And that feels really, really hard. Because you see it across the board right absolutely in your day-to-day practice Mm -hmm. it's you know across the board doesn't matter what kind of life change that happens there are even parents who kind of freak out when their infant has to sleep on their own in a different room absolutely yeah yeah and I'm like well shouldn't you be rejoicing (laughs) (laughs) 
it's, it's hard, you know, because as parents, the, uh, this is what we are supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be helping that child yeah. go out into the world on their own. But why is it so hard for us to let go, Dr. Catherine? (laughs) It's so hard for for a number of different reasons. And I think, first of all, it's because your biological instinct is to develop a a really strong emotional bond with that child. Mm. And that's where it starts. When that child is born, they're this vulnerable little thing that you need to devote all of your time and energy into to help them grow into that independent resilient adult that they then become but that emotional bond that you form with them in the early stages is so strong so it's hard to to know when to kind of start to let go of that bond give them more room for exploring themselves and and going out into doing you know being in the world themselves without your support there so it's that emotional bond that makes it really hard for you Um, and also it's how you see yourself and your role as a parent and how important that becomes. You know, you might have had other roles before you became a parent. You might have been a manager or a teacher or, you know, you had all these other career and in your friends and with your family, all these other roles that you had and all of a sudden you become a parent and that moves to the top of your priority list all of a sudden. And actually when you're starting to let go of your children and you're allowing them to, you know, look after themselves without you being there, you will always be a parent, but you you are moving that role perhaps down for, and, and filling up other parts of your life as well. And that can be really hard because you almost have to redefine yourself in, in those moments when especially at the later stages when that child is going off to college, for example, you suddenly, you know, that role is, is it's a loss. It's really hard because you're grieving the loss of that role that you had and you're grieving that relationship that you had with your child and finding a new role and a new relationship. That's really powerful what you just said, that it's a, there's a grieving process that happens. Mm, absolutely. I mean, I didn't think it, it, it feels deep. Yeah. But is it that deep? It really is. Wow. Absolutely. So yeah. how do you deal with that as a parent? I think you have to be able to kind of accept and, and listen to those feelings that you have. Uh, and there might be mixed feelings. It might not always feel sad and like loss. There might be elements of excitement um, and celebration in there. You know, seeing your child going off to university, you know, that might be filled with excitement as well as this sense of loss. Mm. And that's okay. It's okay to have both of those feelings kind of coming in different moments together. At the, at the same time. At the same time. It's exactly. possible. Exactly. That's the thing about parenting. It is such a roller coaster <laughs> of emotions. It I was is. literally looking at my kids just uh, yesterday and it's this weird feeling that I can't explain but every time I look at them I said that to them yesterday I said every time I look at you I feel like my heart is going to burst because I love you so much it's weird like, <laughs> I'm getting cheesy I'm sorry everybody <laughs> but it's kind of true when it I'm is. trying to articulate this feeling that I have and you know I've got a 13 year old who's in that in in that teenage mm. kind of the, the the teenage moment she's having her teenage moment of you know moving into that new stage of her life and yeah. it's like I have to let go. Yeah. I have to remember to, to let her be able to, to make mistakes and mm-hmm. do that. And it's so important. It is. It mm. really is. Why is it important for us, uh, particularly, um, th- I mean, it's important for different reasons at different times of the child's life. But l- let's kind of look at, you know, when they're younger, mm-hmm. they're going to kindergarten uh, they're doing new things. We feel like we need to be there and we need to hold their hand. Mm. And, you know, what if 
like the kids are mean to them or yeah. whatever. <laughs> what, why do we have to let go? Why is it important in that particular stage yeah. of development for us to kind of step back? Because if you think about it, how do we learn best to, you know, to manage stress, to mm. manage anxiety, to manage to problem solve, to manage difficult things that happen in our life. We learn best by being in the experience of having to deal with those things. And actually, if we're preventing children from learning through experience, we're actually doing them a disservice. Because if you're not exposed to a little bit of anxiety, you know, in a, in a manageable way, um, with the support of somebody who can come and support you when, when you need them to, but if you're not exposed to any anxiety, any distress, any difficulties or problems, you don't develop the skills the coping skills that we need to get through life, that we all have to develop. And the best way that we develop those things is not by someone talking us through how, how to cope, but it's actually experientially, by being in an experience or in a situation where you have to use those skills and develop those skills. And it helps a child also, not only to develop coping skills, but also to feel good about themselves, to develop their confidence and their self-worth and their ability to know that they can cope with a little bit of anxiety or they can cope with a little bit of um, distress in their life. They know what to do, they know how to handle it. So if I'm anxious, I know I need to call a friend or I know I need to self-soothe or I need to, you know, if I'm lost in a mall, I know how to, you know, support myself to be able to solve that problem. And without that experience, you don't develop that belief that you can cope and you can survive that situation. And you don't develop the coping skills to be able to, to do those things as well. In fact, there was some really interesting research with animals that showed that if you prevented that animal from experiencing any stress, when they then went into a stressful environment as an adult, um, animal they just froze they didn't know what to do and yet if you look at the animals where they were able to have stress small amounts of stress that they learned to cope with the brain connections that they made enabled them to be able to cope with that stress in the adult world so they were better able to deal with things that came up in their life because they had been exposed to some stress in their early life which I think is fascinating. And when you look at that in the brain and the neuroscience research, you can see that children who have access to a little bit of stress, that, that builds their connections in their brain. It actually makes them better able to cope with stress later on in life. So it's really, really important. Let them fail. Yeah. It's a big one. It it's, is. It's yeah. a big one for us uh, to learn. Uh, we're going to come back in just a moment and I'm going to ask you about uh, some of the mistakes that you see mm. parents making uh, the most. Dr. Catherine, more okay. to come here on Life Beats. Pulse 95. Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. A great discussion uh, with Dr. Catherine uh, Frogley, all about uh, letting go with kids. And Dr. Catherine, in your practice, what are the kind of uh, biggest mistakes that you see parents making mm. when it comes to trying to be there for, the, for your kids, but also letting go at the same time. Mm. Such a fine balance, isn't it? It really is. And we were just saying off air that it, it's such a difficult balance to have and it's not an easy thing. So mm -hmm. when I say mistakes, I guess I'm also um, 
wary that, that this isn't easy. It's not an easy thing for parents to grasp. And we're trialing, we're trialing new things out all the time, trial and error in our parenting to get it right for each individual child. Um, but some of the things I see when I'm working in, in the clinic with families around some of these things is sometimes I see, particularly I was talking earlier about teenagers, and I see parents who are trying to keep that teenager safe and they have lots of worry about that teenager um, but perhaps they're they're trying to exert too much control on that teenager's behavior or you know social media is a big topic for example whether or not to let them have it whether to kind of have an account looking at them um, so kind of taking and, and that teenager feeling that they have to lie to their parents mm. because they're unable to have that freedom that they're fighting for in that stage of their life so sometimes thinking about how much you're trying to you know control that child's behavior or, or what they're doing and and I guess thinking about is am I trying to make this change for my child because it helps my anxiety or does it keep that child safe because I think that's where the line is it's it's trying to protect that child and keep them safe and away from danger and harm but also being aware of what makes me feel anxious as a parent and how am I you know putting that on to my child so sometimes I see parents who are trying to have a, that little bit too much control over what their child is doing um, or not giving them the opportunity to have choice um, in their life or perhaps trying to you know trying to be that helicopter parent if you like and trying to you know prevent them from feeling any kind of distress or any kind of anxiety um, or any come to any kind of harm so when they're perhaps not allowing them to you know go out and do things that might potentially be harmful so sometimes I see parents who are so fearful of their child coming to harm maybe when they're a bit younger that they don't want them going to the park or they don't want them going to you know the trampoline park or whatever it is that they see as being a potential danger and actually that prevents that child from being able to either go and have fun or to to experience what may happen in that situation and and learn from it so I guess when you're holding that child back from the normal age appropriate um, expectations that they have and the things that they should be doing um, and you're trying to exert that control which comes from a place of anxiety I think our worst fear is like something happen, happening to your child. For mm. example, the, the, the park or whatever it is. Of course. If they fell off that trampoline or if something happened to them, yeah. we always think of the worst case scenario. Absolutely. And we're, we're like, we could never live with ourselves. Mm. If I le let my child walk, you know, to, to school but on their own and something happened to them or whatever mm. and I never saw them again, we, we just kind of like, we love them so much. Yeah. We kind of... Do, is that what happens? Is, yeah. Are we just always just going to the worst yeah, case you're always, scenario? Yeah, and I think that's that's a natural part of being a parent is because you're trying to scan the environment for any potential danger that they may come to and you're trying to prevent that danger mm. from, from hurting that child or, you know, creating a problem for that child. So you're, that is your role and your job to support that child and keep them safe from danger. The problem is when you see a disproportionate amount of danger with certain situations. So for example, going to the park, there will always be an element of danger, always. And we can't control that. It's an uncertainty that we have to live with. But how much of that, you know, how much danger is there 
how likely is it that that child will come to danger? If it's a disproportionate reaction to the actual fear and the danger that's there, that's when perhaps this is more anxiety driving our behaviour rather than the need to kind of keep our child safe. So important. Mm. Uh, What about, you know, when they're teenagers, when Mm. they're at that age where they kind of talk less to you Mm. and they don't really tell you everything and the relationship does change. So how... How do you manage that as a parent to kind of, you know, letting them have their privacy, having their own, forming their own understanding of the world and still yet maintaining a relationship Mm. where you can feel like they can still come to you? Absolutely. And that is... That is such a heartbreaking part of the work for me is when I'm I'm working with teenagers and I absolutely understand their need to separate from their family, from their parents, develop their own identity. That is their developmental task at this stage of life. It's important for them that they have that sense of themselves and that they can explore different parts of themselves and be able to make mistakes, do things for themselves without their parents always being there. And that's that's important for them and I see that with them but I also see the parents who are struggling to cope with that new relationship that they have with their child where they don't necessarily have you know they don't know all the details of what happened at school they don't know who their friends are all of the time that they're wanting to go out and spend more time away from the family home and that's really really hard and heartbreaking and and I think in order to cope with that it, it, it is about you know, being in touch with how it makes you feel and and being compassionate to those feelings that it's okay that I'm finding this difficult right now. It's it's a hard change and transition as all changes and transitions are hard for us. Um, But also knowing that this is an important part of growing up and, and that child needs to find their own identity and needs to be able to cope in the world by themselves. And, and reminding yourself that they still need you, but they just need you in a different way. So trying to redefine the way that you support them. That's as important. Well. That's mm. important to, to remember that they always will need you. Always. But you're going to be there for them in a different way. A, the yeah. nature of the relationship is going to change. We're going to come back uh, in uh, just a moment and um, uh, talk a bit more about how to maintain a close relationship with your teenager. Uh, but also... Is there something wrong if you're too happy when your <laughs> child leaves home? We're going to be talking about that next here on Live Beats on Pulse 95. This is Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. It is Life Beats on Pulse 95. We're talking letting go. But Dr. Catherine, uh, letting go, part of that is also giving your child guidance Mm. as well to make sure that they can uh, develop that independence that they need and and more and more of it as they grow older and are ready to go out into the world where they no longer need Mm. you and that's important because we're going to get to that you know because sometimes parents can't let go when their kids are adults yes and that's a big one too but so talk to us about the kind of um things that we need to do as parents to instill that guidance, you know, to become more independent. Mm. So I think, first of all, um, you know, we're talking about letting go, but it's not about throwing your kid into, you know, a really stressful situation without actually giving them opportunities to learn slowly and gradually how to manage that situation. Um, And that can help you and the child to kind of feel more confident that you can trust them to, to manage that situation and that they can trust you. 
um, to kind of let them be able to do that. So making small steps towards independence and practicing each of those steps. So if it's, for example, them, you know, walking to the shop by themselves, you perhaps would think about what skills would they need to be able to do that safely and to first the first time they go you go with them and the second time they go you kind of give them a little bit more independence maybe you go halfway with them and you see how they do and and you think before what do they need to know to be able to manage that situation well so you're giving them little bits of opportunity to practice these skills over the course of their childhood this is a process it doesn't just happen overnight it's it's done slowly and surely i'm thinking of girls i'm mm. thinking of some parents going they need martial arts classes <laughs> self-defense yes. yes. i don't know you know there are some parents who would be like mm, you know how old how 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 old does your child have to be you know in terms of milestones that mm. might be a difficult question to answer but are yeah. there certain milestones and age groups where you can you should be mm. letting your kids do certain things i think that's always a hard question to answer because every child is so unique mm. and they have their own you know temperament personality their own skill sets so i think it really depends on each individual child as to when they are ready to to be more independent how many you know how how skillful they are at managing certain situations already and also what type of person are they are they somebody who is a little bit more sensitive and anxious and perhaps needs that little bit more guidance for a little bit longer or are they somebody who is you know a bit more confident and able to manage that situation a bit better so it's it's a it's a multitude of different things when you're answering that question. Um, but another way you can kind of support them with that is also, you know, when when there are opportunities where they've either succeeded or they failed, is asking them questions that help them to reflect on that experience and to think what did they learn, good and bad, from that experience and how did that, how will they take that information to you know, guide them the next time that they're in a situation like that. So mm. it's rather than you always giving them the answer, you're kind of subtly asking them how they might approach that situation next time. And you're you're giving them the skills to develop that emotional intelligence and that ability to reflect and to learn in these situations. We don't talk about reflection enough mm. anymore, do mm. we? Reflection is, is such an important skill. It really is. It's so valuable yeah. to kind of just sit and just to, to really think about things that you've done, yeah. how you could do it differently for all of us. I'm just yeah, you know, all reflecting of us, yeah. on that. Uh, but, you know, I feel like all of this ties into um, the shame and the guilt around parenting itself mm. because what happens to our child we always feel like is a direct reflection on who we are yes so we're always judged it doesn't matter what you let your kid do um you'll be judged for it mm. if your kid falls you'll be judged because uh you didn't protect them mm. um and and you know whether it's from family whether it's from friends whether it's from the outside world yeah. i don't think there's as much shame and guilt uh, attached to anything as much as there is as parenting to parenting right absolutely there's so much shame around it and so much 
guilt and and some of that comes from the people around us and society and maybe family members or you know friends but also a lot of that comes from within and how we compare ourselves to what we're seeing either in the people around us or now that we have access to the internet and social media and every everything that comes with that we can now compare ourselves to millions of people millions of mums and dads who you know that we may see as getting it right or we may see as not doing what that we would do so we have to acknowledge how much of this comes from ourselves and how we view ourselves and compare ourselves to others and also you know who in our life makes us feel that that guilt and that shame and kind of just being able to recognize where that's coming from mm. um, but i think absolutely we see the children you know our children there are proteges there are our little projects and our the people that we've developed and so we 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 can't help but feel a personal um feeling about that when it's when we deem that it's not going well or that it is going well it's like you, you, this lifelong project you mm. know you say they're average exactly it's your lifelong thing it's a they're, they're an extension of uh, who you are and that's something i think we need to let go of isn't it yes that that whole idea that whatever happens to them if any harm befalls them it's going to be my fault mm, absolutely and it's not it's not so it's calm not. down yeah <laughs> it's not that's number one but i love what you were saying as well about um uniquely parenting as well mm. that this is really important because you could have a child and i uh, you know have seen this situation before where you within the same family you have a child who's super confident super outgoing mm. an extrovert on you know that kind of a level and then their sibling is the complete opposite maybe yeah. and they're somebody who's much more subdued much more introverted is more prone to being feeling anxious mm. um, in social situations or, or things yeah. like that. And yet they're siblings. They have the same parents. Yeah. They were brought up, brought up the same way, but mm-hmm. there's a lot more going on there. It's their personality types, Absolutely. right? Absolutely. And and that has to be taken into consideration, as I said before, that, you know, we can't, we often talk about being really consistent and fair in our parenting with siblings. But also I like the idea of parenting uniquely because each child has their own needs and their own personality traits, their own temperaments that we also have to acknowledge and think, you know, how does this child need me in a, in a perhaps a different way? Mm. Um, and, and I think it can be more difficult with when you have a child who is a little bit more sensitive and a little bit more anxious and afraid in the world to let them go because they quite clearly show you that they still feel that they need you and they're finding that difficult and a lot of my work actually is is working with how do you parent an anxious child and how do you allow them to make you know to be brave you know and to take those little steps towards the things that really scare them and make them feel really anxious and Again, that's where the learning happens. If you look at the research around how we support anyone with fear, actually the the best way to learn how to kind of challenge and, and cope with anxiety is to feel anxious. We have to know how it feels to be able to cope and to learn that we can cope and learn that we can manage in that situation. So for those children who are a little bit more scared and a little bit more anxious, we do have to support them and be firm but kind and warm with them and and gently guide them towards the things that perhaps they're feeling more anxious about but that's really tricky because you can see it with them you can see how anxious it makes them and that can be really hard to manage how you feel about that as well yeah 
that exactly when yeah. you see them going through that situation yeah. the, the first in- instinct is to just jump in yeah and to just be just there rescue. for them <laughs> but actually, actually we yeah. need to step back we do we do we need to, it's like I, I've recently worked a lot with parents who have just taken their kids into school for the first time um, and we've been talking a lot about separation anxiety and how important it is for parents to you know to just regulate their own feelings about that separation with the child because that child is looking to you all of the time to see how you're managing the situation and if they see that you are really anxious then it's going to make them think that this is something I need to be fearful of and maybe I need to continue crying or continue to feel really scared because my mum is clearly finding this hard. So they're always looking to you to know how do I cope in this situation. And if you can show them that you are confident, you know they're going to be okay, you're happy for them to spend time with their new teacher, just having making sure that you're able to regulate it in front of them you might be feeling awful inside and that's okay but with your child you need to give them that that appearance that actually i you know this is a safe thing for you to be doing and then you know moments after stepping out of the classroom you can have that cry and you can feel really sad and mourn the loss of that child who's going into school for the first time but in the moment it's helping that child to know that that you 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 know that it's safe and you, and that they can trust you with this decision. Coming up, we're going to be talking about uh, moving into adulthood mm. and uh, what happens uh, when they move out and what happens if you are still a parent who is attached to your child as they are going off into university, going off uh, it, and moving out. It's a, it's a big one. Mm. And it's surprisingly, a lot of parents are still attached at that age. Mm. We're going to be talking about that next. Pulse 95. Live Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. We're talking uh, letting go, and a lot of this uh, has to do with how we feel about attachment and our uh, attachment styles, Dr. Uh, Catherine, this is mm. something that's really uh, important to talk about here as well. Mm, absolutely. So we've been we talked earlier about how we develop that emotional bond and that attachment with our child when they're a baby, mm. and that does it doesn't stop there. It, it stays with that child throughout their life, and this is their template for how they then attach to other people in their life. So how they develop friendships, how they develop intimate relationships with other people. You know, that attachment style that they've developed with parents is really important because it goes, it, it's the, the thread that runs through their entire life with relationships. Um, and when you look at, you know, what is a healthy attachment in young children, what you see is that they are the children that are able to, in a new um, situation. So there was these famous studies looking at the strange situation is what it was called. And it was parents and children in a in a strange situation, in a new novel situation. And the children with a healthy attachment were the ones that were able to get up and explore that situation. Um, and they checked back with their parents. They perhaps came back over, sat on their lap and checked it out with them. But they, they were able to get up and move around the room and see what was in that novel situation. Whereas those children who were either what we would call anxiously attached or avoidantly attached they were the children who were either stayed on their parents lap and weren't able to explore at all or they were the children who got up and walked around and weren't able to didn't check back with their parents Um, so these attachment styles are really important as I said because it helps us to 
develop relationships with other people. So if you think about that anxiously attached child, that often comes when parents have been too overprotective or have been too too haven't let them be able to explore the world for themselves. And that means that later on in life they're less able to explore the world and cope with stresses and strains that are inevitable. Mm, that is so important. It's it's basically everything that we've been talking mm. about. Uh, that is what can lead to a child being anxiously attached and, and just overly attached. Absolutely. So all of that leads up to when they're finally becoming adults. Mm, and yeah. amazingly, uh, you do see parents who still, that's the hardest time for them yes. to let go when their child is moving off to university, just moving out on their own, mm. going into work. Uh, that is a difficult time. It's a really difficult time. And it's the, it's the kind of final stages of separation, isn't mm. it, in some ways. It's 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 kind of that big separation. It's moving away from home. It's it's a really hard stage for parents to go through. Because we forgot getting married as well. And getting yeah. married, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Um, so these stages are, are understandably difficult for parents because it's that it's that real. You know, they have to let go in those situations because the That's child it. is physically leaving them. Um, so it can be really really hard to manage your feelings around that. And again, it comes back to that sense of loss and grief and redefining yourself as not being the the parent of a young child anymore, but being the parent of an adult who perhaps needs you in a different way and needs you less obviously, you know, needs you in a different new way to how they perhaps needed you as a child. Mm. Um, but actually, interestingly, although we feel all these difficult feelings in the moment, actually there's so much research out there now that says if you can manage that transition, that empty nest, if you like, if you can manage that, there's so many benefits that can come from being, you know, being the parent of a child who is now an adult. Um, so there are there are research that tells us that in there are less marital marital problems. There's less conflict within your relationship when a child has left home. Um, and also, I think 75% of young adults would say they have a better relationship with their parents once they've left the family home. And and interestingly, two thirds of the parents would say they have a better relationship with, with their children once they've left the home. So actually, there is once you've managed and, and been through that grieving process, actually, there can be some really good outcomes from this. And you tend to feel you know, happier and healthier if you can manage it well. Mm. There's a lot of benefits for sure. Uh, it's interesting because I uh, years ago I would uh, hear um, Dr. Sladeha really. Um, she would talk about the teacups mm. that she would be seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, at university age, you know, yeah. they come to to uni and and they just they th these kids who are now adults really don't know how to be in the world. No. Because of the parents who were overprotective, the yeah. helicopter parenting. Mm. Um, it's interesting because the, a lot of parents, there are some parents who would say, well, I'm not overprotective. Mm. I'm not a helicopter parent. Mm. But what are some of the classic signs that yeah. tell you you're a helicopter parent? I think there are the more obvious things. Yeah. Like there are, there are parents that come to see me because they, they feel and they know that they're trying to gain too much control or they're experiencing high levels of anxiety with their children. So there, there are the more obvious signs of, of helicopter parenting, which is holding your child back, as I said, not letting them do things that perhaps other parents are seemingly happy to let their children do, like go to the park or 
spend time with their friends, things that other children of their age tend to be doing. But I think you're right, sometimes parents don't necessarily feel like they're being overprotective or over-involved, but, but actually perhaps, perhaps there, there are signs that maybe there is a little bit of that going, going on. So sometimes I, I work with teenagers particularly who, as I said, they're, they're spending lots of time lying or they're kind of sneaking out from the home or um, they're having to hide and conceal things from their parents because they feel their parents are being too restrictive. And sometimes you know we have to look at what's going on in that relationship to understand maybe maybe there are things that we can give more freedom to that child that teenager maybe we can allow them to i don't know cut their hair or dress in a slightly different way depending on what it is that they're they're striving for in that moment so i think there are subtle things that perhaps we're not always kind of aware of but it's perhaps a sign that maybe we need to give a bit more freedom to this young person um, and allow them to experiment with some of these things and to perhaps make some mistakes and learn from them. Mm, mm, exactly, because uh, when, when they come to adulthood, that's mm, it. Yeah. That's it. We're yeah, done. Exactly. You're done as a parent. Your job <laughs> is done. Your job is done. Is done. But uh, something that's interesting is, uh, you know, when I was researching this, coming across uh, situations where parents were actually happy mm. for their kids yeah. to move out yeah. and to move on and to maybe they got a job or that they're going off to uni or whatever it is uh, or getting married um, and <laughs> being told off by their friends for being too happy <laughs> is that a thing is it can you possibly be too happy and you know her her argument was well she's gonna think you're happy to get rid of her you know why are you so happy about this no i think i think it's it's fine to feel happy and as i said it's often a mix of things it's often not just happiness or just sadness there's a bit of both going on but for some people you know they may respond slightly differently for some people it may feel like the end of the world that their child has left home and they really struggle with that because again it's about redefining themselves as as this new person who has all this time and this energy that that they no longer invest in parenting um but but for other people it feels wonderful to have this freedom and to be able to use that freedom for themselves and you know to go on holiday and with their with their partner alone perhaps for the first time in in many many years so it, it depends really on the person and how you respond to it. But I don't think any feeling is ever, you know, is right or wrong. It's it's unique to you and how you feel. And it's a message that we have to listen to. That's the biggest thing, mm. I think, from today, that it's really very unique to the child. It's unique to the parent. Absolutely. Uh, but yeah, just it's OK. It's, it's all right okay. to let go. Yeah. Everything's going to be fine. It will be. The kids <laughs> are going to be all right. They will. Dr. Catherine Frogley, clinical psychologist at Lighthouse Arabia. What an absolute pleasure it is to have you. Thank you for having me. It's been wonderful. More to come on Life Beats in the next hour. Keep it here on Pulse95. This is Pulse95. Tune in live every weekday from 10 a.m.